0: Connected podcast. I am your host, Megan Van Petten. Jeff from MegaFans is here today to talk to us a little bit about all of the work that you've done in the space. Welcome, Jeff.
1: Thanks, Megan. Pleasure to be here with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting to have you on the show. And it's even more exciting that you were part of one of our past associations that we represented as well. So we must go back maybe like 10 years, would you say?
1: Yeah, at least Fantasy Sports Trade Association. I, I believe we started working with them in 2011
0: 2012,
1: something like that. So.
0: Yeah, so it's about 10 years.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You did I mean, you have always been at the pinnacle of really cool projects. You are you're you know, I, here I'm just going to say it. I I think you're a legend. <laughs> in marketing? In marketing, I mean, you have marketed the best of the best.
1: I've been very fortunate with my career. This is true. Listen, it's, it's, but it's not just me. I mean, people, it's, it's always a team effort. Sure. I'm very, very fortunate to be introduced to some of the biggest brands in, in the gaming industry for, for 22 years. So starting back in 1998, I started working in the iGaming industry and. Uh, I was just an independent contractor doing marketing and advertising and public relations for online uh, gaming companies. And I landed Bet on Sports. And as it turned out, Bet on Sports was the largest online sports book in the world. They were on the London Stock Exchange. And, you know, it was. <laughs> I, I put out a lot of, I put out a lot of what I call just, just positive energy. Like I, I comment, I comment on people's with what, what they're doing, what, and I appreciate I what they're doing. It, it's sincere. And you know, I, you get so much more back from that. <laughs> like life just gives it right? back. So I literally complimented David Carruthers who was CEO of that company. He spoke at an event. I went up to him afterwards and I said, that was fantastic. I took this, this, and this away from your speech. And he said, here's my card. I need to talk to you. You know, and it was just a sincere conversation. And then I ended up working with, with the biggest online sports book in the world. Then fast forward, you know, 10 years later, I landed DraftKings. Same thing, you know, I was brought in because of my background in gaming. And at that point, I'd worked with Ubisoft and uh, World of Tanks and mm-hmm. Jam City. And, you know, they they but they brought me and said, hey, we know you have a little bit of background in this online, you know, sort of betting arena. And I said, yeah. And they said, we're going to introduce you to this new company called DraftKings. They're just raising their first round and they, you know, they need a marketing plan. And the rest is history. I ended up, you know, working with them their first six years, taking them to their first billion dollar valuation. So again, just put it out there, be sincere and and take an interest. Like I love what I do. I love this industry. I love gaming, but I love it through the lens of marketing, advertising, user acquisition. How do we get people here? How do we get those people to do what we want them to do, take an action, and how do we retain those people? And I've just kept that simple premise behind what I do. And, and that has just you know propelled my career all the way through to where we are today. So very, again, very fortunate.
0: I can remember, I think we met in New York, but here's what I remember for sure. I remember working with Jason with DraftKings and you know oftentimes when the CEO then sends me off to the marketing person it's not always as fun as it sounds <laughs> it gets very technical and it gets a little bit more challenging because marketers in my opinion are some of the smartest people in the world and they're research oriented and they want results and with with associations, it's it's more of a who than a numbers game, and you know it's hard to prove that ROI, and it's a lot of just being supportive toward the not-for-profit. So it, it gets a little tricky, but I can remember. Oh, well, t- I remember. Who doesn't remember who's awesome to work with? I re- when I mean you are just not only one of the best of the best, you are just absolutely. Such an honor to work with. And Jason too was the, the DraftKings was so good to us. They did excellent programs that made a lot of sense and, and, and a win-win. And they were just a great company from the stop from the from the top, you know, to everybody I ever touched. They're not a member here yet, which is interesting. They've attended some events, but yeah, you know, you, you really have had some. Interesting stripes. I mean, I will. N- I'll never forget. Like one day going to. It was once the Morgan Stanley venue at Wrigley Field, and it was called not Morgan Stanley. It was spiced Morgan Rum. It was a bar. And it, <laughs> do you remember that venue? Like when you first walk into Wrigley Field, is it Mo- Captain Morgan?
1: Captain Morgan. It was the yeah.
0: Captain Morgan bar. And it's just this outdoor bar. And it had umbrellas, and it was it was just my favorite bar. Chicagoans will know. When you yeah. go to Wrigley Fields baseball game, you went past the Captain Morgan. And that was for like 10 years. This, yeah. this great bar. And I was walking in there with my brother, and there it was the DraftKings bar. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and I was like. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah. this was when like it was just one of those defining moments for me. It was like, whoa. I know Jason, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there were a lot of moments like that working with Jason. Isn't Jake it? Robinson's is brilliant brilliant marketer and we called those brand takeovers. So we Oh we, yeah,
0: I couldn't yeah, believe it.
1: Multiple stadiums across the country. Yes. Uh, started, I think the first one was actually uh, Foxborough, so w- for the Patriots. But we also did subway stations in New York, and you know we did the uh, Dallas, we did Denver, some in San Diego, actually where I am, and so much fun uh, to be able to do that. I mean, because now you're working with multi mediums, right? Video projections and and outdoor, you know, umbrellas and the, the promotional items and all of that. But it, they they did that for Shock Factor and for brand recognition and it worked. I mean, it supported that brand. It, it, it elevated it and projected it, you know, you tie it to Wrigley field and suddenly it gives it extreme credibility. Right. So those, those were always fun. And, and the reaction was always, was always great. And, you know, Jason used to, (laughs) he would throw me into conversations all the time. He would introduce me as his media guru.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are. I mean, you're very humble. I mean, you've done some. I, I, and then, even if finish my story, so I'm there with my brother, and and now I was like the draft girl for my brothers. Growing up, I had three brothers, and they all play draft was their thing, right? So you may have met my little brother. He w- he worked security at all of our events. So so we're walking up to Wrigley, and we're, our jaws just drop. You know, because we know Jason, we know the team. You know, we remember when it was an idea, and then we get to New York, and I, and it was so simple. It was it was the DraftKings on a hot dogs stand. Okay. Do you, re- yeah. do you remember those? Was that the subways? And I, and then it was like. Oh my God. And then, then it just took off. Like those they, were my two defining moments.
1: Yeah. They would do the subway station underground. So you would leave, you'd walk out of the train and see, you know, just DraftKings everywhere. Right. It covered the entire inside. Of the, then you walk upstairs and they would do the hot dog carts and the buses that had those routes.
0: Yes. That was and, it. And then there was a bus.
1: Banners that's right. With those up. So it, again, it was a, it was a shock factor and it was, that's why we called it a takeover and we would target markets like that and then we would hit the airwaves too so you couldn't turn on the radio or the tv or you or open you know uh, a newspaper or or go online to a local newspaper and not see draftkings they right. were everywhere it was truly a brand takeover and we would completely infiltrate an entire market for a week or two weeks or whatever it was beginning of the football season or whatever the case might be sure and it was again it was so much fun
0: it really was i mean i was there it was so fun jeff i it, it, yeah. it, and and then like the the even funner part was and i use the word funner because it was is the people that would would talk to me now because no one would talk to me right uh-huh. and then it and then it was like yes people get it and before you know what fantasy sports was just you know, a mainstream conversation. And yeah. it's a good segue because it feels very similar, right? Here we that, are that, again. This is, what,
1: this is what attracted me to the esports market. Exactly. My background after, you know, I had about 15 years in the market, in the gaming market at the time. And I saw esports as the next natural wave. Sure. Uh, for the industry, and we're right. I mean, it it is, and it's it's here to stay, and it's it's growing rapidly, and it's doing everything we, you know, predicted it would do. Sure. The, the cool the cool part is, Megan. You and I know this because we saw what happened with the dragons, right? Right. Uh-huh. So we've seen this movie. We know where it goes. You know, you we've know got, got the picture. Right, and that's really helpful. Right, so when it
0: is. I mean, like a... people ask me all the time. How do you because, because, you know, the first wave I was part of was the dot com. Yeah. So this is kind of like my third rodeo. Yeah. Because I was on that. that one too. And I have no idea why I love this, but I do. I love innovation and being an early adapter. And here's my, like, my favorite advice for people. And I'm going to ask yours is when no one will talk to you and then they will be cool that's it oh yeah that was my secret at you know when everybody then would talk to me I was like awesome so glad and and yeah. they're like uh I just saw a DraftKings super boss drive by I thought I might yeah. call you
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just turned on you know TBS and saw it all over the, t- the station it's like yeah. yes isn't that cool? I think our breakthrough moment, my personal one, was when we earned uh, Marketer of the Year.
0: Yes. For
1: the Direct Response Marketing Association. Yeah, that was... And that was huge. And it was huge. What, it still is. What meant so much to me personally was the DraftKings team that was there to receive the award. They insisted. They dragged me off. They said, you you are such a key part of this. And, yes. and I just, I was, it still gets me you know, I just so, so appreciative because I like to work. I, I mean, I like yeah. I said, I love, I love what I do. So it's not really a, a job, right? <laughs> it's, it, it's a lifestyle and, and I, but I love what I do. And when I get appreciated for it, just so means so much. It's so meaningful.
0: I agree. It's those, you know, the, the one of my greatest moments in my life that still t- tear me up is when Matt Berry named me top women in fantasy And I don't play. Right. And it was like, so cool because you don't have to do what you think to be in an industry. You don't have to be a player to, to, to play at work. You know, there's so much more to a whole entire industry. And that was so wise of him to include me. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm not even anybody like, what is he doing? And, you know, it was, it, it was so personally, moving to me it's still one of those probably literally the top some of the top most memorable moments of my life
1: you know i'm glad you brought that up because i i bring on board for my the organizations that i uh, run i bring on board fresh young people typically yes. uh, a, lot, a lot of times they have very minimal limited experience but i look for that spark yes i, I look and i look for somebody that that has an interest in what we're doing. And if they have an interest in it and they're curious about it, you know, you you can you can help them and and mold them and mature them into, you know, a professional role. And I love doing that. You know, I've been running internship programs. I, I own two ad agencies before, before I started MegaFans. And I had these internship programs that I hired some of my best people from. And in return for that, my return on investment was I got some of the best ideas from these people. <laughs> for so, sure, that's the other thing, you know, and, and the gaming industry is set for that, right? Yeah. Because gamers, typically they start very young and, and and they're interested in the subject matter. And then it's, okay, well, then what professional lane do you fit into? And, you know, how can I help you fulfill that? And, and so that I, I, I love doing that with my business and I get so much more out of it, so.
0: Yeah. I really admired that about you. I, one of your, one of your, I think your marketing intern even hopped in to one of our committee meetings, I think. And, and she said, you know, Jeff just told me to come. And I was like, I wish every CEO would do this. She got her finger on the pulse of things and she represented your brand beautifully. And, you know, it, it does make it easier having that experience and just valuing everybody's voice in the room. Yeah. And knowing, knowing. Conceptualizing
1: our social media branding. So she, and and she's helping the team write our our branding messages and create our our branding graphics and making sure that everything stays on brand. So she, yeah, I mean, she, she, again, got the spark from, from these types of uh, organizations and, and meeting, you know, people like you. So she came back from conversation with you, just lit up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, good. We'll send her back. We'd, we'd love to have you guys on our marketing committee, you know, social media and just everything. It's just constant evolution. You really have to love what you do in this day and age. I feel like, I mean, cause I've always done what I do and I, so many different associations that I've worked with and, and now more than ever, uh, brand and being on top of your game is so important. Like, There's so many medias. There's so many ways to communicate. There's so many there's it's so important what you do is effective because time feels like it's less every day. I feel like and I don't want to be in a rush. You know what I mean? I want to enjoy the coffee in the morning quietly and, you know, give 100 percent wherever I'm at. You know,
1: it's a lot. Right. I mean, look, Social media is uh, a blessing and a curse, right? So it's it's great for promotion. It's great for connecting to your audience and having one on one conversations. But it, there's a lot of it, and there there's is. so and There's new channels coming on. You know, every year I do an assessment and say, okay, what are the hot channels right now? You know, this year it's the TikTok, for instance. Right. Uh, and so. Okay, now we have to go set up for to work on that channel, and and so it's constant. It is but what keeps me going with that because I run into the same you know struggle. Or you only have so much time in the day, so much bandwidth.
0: Sure, right.
1: But I always use, and again, it's bringing in these you know the the new the new people that are eventually going to replace us someday, right? Yeah. and it's and finding one of them that has an interest in that channel and then saying, okay, show us how to, what you do there and how you do it and what works and what doesn't and go do some market research for us and, you know, read up on it. And I'll give people a general guideline of how to do research. Mm. And then once I can teach them how to research properly, they can go discover anything. And then it's just pointing them in the right direction saying, okay, go look at this, go look at that. That helps a lot. And, and this industry that we're in, esports is evolving um so quickly and changing and yeah i i tell people <clears throat> i got in early i think it's early you know i started conceptualizing mega fans uh, back in 2016 was when i, I had the idea right um, but it took me a couple of years to get you know get a prototype you know get a business plan do market research i spent a year doing market research before i decided to model Mega fans. I literally went around the country to some of the earliest trade shows for esports, and I interviewed team players, team o- managers, owners of the gaming companies themselves, the publishers, people from Twitch, for instance. And, and I just, I asked everybody questions. You know, what are you doing? What do you see? How you know? What do you see in this market? And and then I I formed a model right? I did a competitive analysis, a SWOT analysis. Like you said, marketing people love data. So I dug in and I spent a full 12 to 15 months analyzing the market before I even put pencil to paper to put the mega fans business plan in place. And then I spent about, oh gosh, six months fine tuning that before I started building a prototype. So it was almost a full two years of, of market research before I started developing you know our platform, and and I'm glad I did because the the market started accelerating, right, and growth. At, while this was happening, and that helped me see, you know, a sort of a trajectory of where it could potentially go, and it's here we are now, you know, that was started in 2016. So five years later, we've had our product in market. Well, officially, we did a soft launch in 2020, right before COVID, unfortunately. But then we went back inside when COVID struck and kept modifying it and and, uh, taking uh, market feedback and and polishing our product. And we made some significant improvements to it, including community building. And we we built our own ad server, those sorts of things that we discovered we needed. And then we went back out to market about five or six months ago. And now it seems like the timing's perfect. Like the conversations I was having five years ago started with what's (laughs) eSports, right? So you, you knew the people in the room that you were talking to had no idea what we were talking about yet. And, and now it's more, what market are you going to take this into? That's where the conversation starts. So the first few hurdles have been moved out of the way. And now it's, okay, we see market potential and market growth. Where are you going to this? And what's your format? And, you know, how do you expect to uh, build an audience and retain that audience? And, and so the conversations matured with the market. And now, instead of, People typically went to like the past two or three years. I I realized all the conversations were based around the U S and maybe a a little bit of the European market. And now the questions are, what are you going to do in South America? Have you looked at Africa? What about the Middle East? You know, Southeast Asia is already, you know, blooming. And so I'm excited, more excited now than I was five years ago, because now I'm like, people get it. They get what, what we saw years ago, which this is a a global phenomenon right and it's coming and and now it's it's like if you picture one of those old wild west movies where everybody you know took their wagons out west and it was a giant land grab that's where we're going right now right that's where that's what's happening right now it's becoming a land grab there's there's bigger brands getting involved it's it's now you know it's proven that it has staying power it's not just a a flash in the pan esports is here it's for real it's entertainment it's mm-hmm. you know it's massive and you know it, it, in North America we were behind I mean the Europeans and the Asians right. they got they were building these giant arenas that would hold a hundred thousand people you know four years ago they were building those and, and now we're catching up and the world's waiting for us right because right. you know but uh, us being fortunate to be from you know America the United States you know we're we're brand experts. We're, we're marketing experts. We're since sens- we can sensationalize products and markets and, and get people excited. So, you know, we produce more movie and music content than any other you know country in the world. So this is, you know, a venue, an entertainment venue like that. And, and that's, I, I mean, I, I literally am so, and I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm more compassionate about it every single day because it, it just has that much more meaning at this point.
0: It does. And it, you know, for me, <clears throat> I, you know, some people say to me, what, what's enough Meg, you know, when are you, when are you, how, how, cause I, I work a lot. I love it. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I'll just know, but th- these are exciting times. And I think I'm working healthily more than I ever have, you know, like just fitness and faith and quiet and being ready when I need to be. And so I I don't, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I, this, you know, this is just really like just one of the most exciting things of everything I've seen. I mean, this is more of a global phenomenon. Yeah. And I'm with you. We were very early in talking about esports. I think our first esports panel, I don't want to. I don't want to quote but i'm guessing it was around 2015 in at the at the fantasy sports trade association mm-hmm. and todd peterson sat on our first panel i'm not sure what he's doing now but i remember talking to him after that and and being fascinated at that time you know yeah. i can remember the moment
1: this and- is the beginning of a really fun ride that's it is.
0: Like, oh my God. <laughs> I so wish you were in town last week for the conference.
1: Oh, I do too. Don't, don't, don't pull my heartstrings. You might
0: want to, you might want to save the date because uh, for we've already uh, put the date on the, on the books for August of, next, of
1: 2022. Well, I, I'm actually planning on coming out and seeing you before that. And, and oh, good. let me tell you how torn I was. Okay. And I'll tell you why. And I, I have a very good reason. Or not being able to make it. Make well, everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just got into an incubator. You are kidding? Uh, got, you know,
0: I, I noticed it. that you've done that a lot, haven't you, over your career? Um,
1: well, we've attempted it a lot in my career.
0: <laughs> but okay, because been... I know you did a lot of work for entrepreneurs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've, I've
1: worked with, oh my gosh. I, I mean, it's. Pro- I'm probably in triple digits on startups.
0: Yes, yeah, I think you are.
1: It's, it's something think- that I'm... I should tell people.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: I'm like, that's a lot. And how many successes have you had? Well, look, one out of twenty seems to be the seems to be the number. So it's you know tried and true. No regrets. Yeah, but but yeah, I've, I've worked with, and that's because I'm I'm interested in startups. I like exploring problem solving, and it's it's from my background, Megan. I mean, I grew up traveling around the world my father was in the oil industry and i got to explore and see and learn and it just it opened up my eyes to this beautiful planet we live on and totally and really just i mean i just connected with humanity and yeah. and yeah and and so yeah that that's what drives me is people humanity that that sort, sort of thing but i saw
0: that yeah. you've lived all over the world even as an adult we well, yeah. lived in london young adult young asia
1: adult. london was my first stop i was i'm, I'm a san francisco my parents are both from the northwest and but my dad was in the navy and he was stationed in sausalito and fell in love with marin county and got you know married my mom moved down to to california had uh as so i was born in san francisco general hospital and then he was so fortunate to very very hardworking man he gave me the work, the day to day work ethic of get up early, work first and play later, sort of thing. And, and he got picked up by Bechtel, and Bechtel's the world's largest engineering firm. And they quickly ported him over to the Middle East. And he was working in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia and all these places. And then they said, okay, we're going to station you in London so you can travel throughout Europe and the Middle East. And so move your whole family to London. And they put us up in London. And what a, and what a beautiful country and people. And the company really took care of us. And then it was, we'll go work on the Tulsa pipeline. And, and he'd worked on the Alaska pipeline and it was moved back to Houston for a couple of years. And then we got transported over to a gold mine in Papua New Guinea, which was extreme. We were literally living in the bush about 600 miles from the nearest town in the in the middle of nowhere in the jungle and there was a lot of gold. so places like that and then you know China, South China, Mongolia so yeah again very fortunate it opened up my eyes to uh, humanity it, yeah It It of course. really did I gotta see the best and the worst and, and that get, that really level set me for life. Uh, don't don't judge other people everybody has mm-hmm. a family, you know and everybody has a mom, that sort of thing. That's right, um, and I and I take that, you know, and I'm re- I'm religious as well. I take that into into um, account, and, and I I take that to work with me every day. Me too. Um, I think it comes through, you know. I, I think it people does. just the sincerity and the, you know, the the real meaning behind this. Look, esports is fun. Esports is exciting. It's it's growing into a, a massive market with a massive following. But these are people. Yeah. these are people playing every day. So. You know, you, you still have to pull it back and say, okay, what do people need? Yeah. What do they want? What's good for them? Sure. Right? Let's, let's do, let's do good with this. And that's why we do a lot of fundraising and, you know, we're tied in with, with several different not-for-profits and we run tournaments and, and mm-hmm. we have people, our, our core players participate in those tournaments, knowing that they're not winning any prizes in those tournaments. All the, all the fees and everything around those tournaments go to the charities and they do it out of goodwill. So I know that we can spread goodwill using esports. Great.
0: Yes. And that's exciting. And you know, our world needs goodwill. You've seen our world. Yeah, First, exactly. Fr- front row seat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, the best and the worst. Yeah. Is what I always say. So yeah. And, and we can help and, and we can use, and this is a great platform to do it because of the massive reach. You know, back to the original point of the conversation. So the mega fans, the reason I chose to build mega fans on a mobile platform first was because it has the largest reach, right? You know, there's currently almost 3 billion people playing casual games on a mobile device every single day. That's almost half the planet, right? That's the biggest singular audience in the history of mankind that I can be that I can even think of it's just that that's so big so how many of those people can we reach how many of these people can we give a a fun experience a rich experience to and how many people can we then you know leverage get get them to build a community right around this and then use it for goodwill and so that was one of the premises behind developing mega fans to begin with
0: It's a great name, too. I mean, you know, I love the name, not just because my name's in it. I like it for all sorts of reasons.
1: Check that box.
0: Right, right. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about mega fans and what's coming. What's next? Tell us a little bit about the incubator.
1: Well, the incubator is very exciting. So we've been approached by, and it was, it was interesting because it was a cross interview. Some, we were rejected right, right out of the gate. The first one I, I tried to get into, well, we only had a, a concept in a, in a deck, right? So they, were, they weren't about to, to get involved with that. They said, come back to us when you have a product. Well, by the time we had a product, we talked to a dozen other incubators. And so we shopped around. And one of the places that we are going is into blockchain. And I'll explain that further down the conversation. So, but there's blockchain based incubators. So for people that don't know what blockchain is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a set of, it's a software set, but it's, it's the backbone of what cryptocurrencies are on is on blockchain. And the premise of blockchain is that it's open ledger, meaning every transaction that happens in blockchain is public. You can look up any transaction that's happened in the entire history of blockchain, like it's public, public domain, okay? And it democratizes financial transfers or, or transactions, we call them, right? So when somebody sends money or cryptocurrency or nowadays an NFT is the new thing, which is a non-fungible token, that has a little 64 character code attached to it. And that's a serial number for that transaction. And that serial number has to be verified, meaning this party sent this X to this party and they received X. And, and once those are verified by people, it, random people on the internet like us, they're called miners. then that block is, is checked off as verified. And the last six, I believe, characters in that 64 character code are attached to the next block. That comes along and that's what forms a chain and that's a blockchain so that's that's why it's, it's called block blockchain anyway that that's part of the future gaming is moving into uh blockchain for multiple reasons and so so that's part of the the premise of why we chose a blockchain fund and if i can launchpool labs is the the fund and the, that we're working with launchpool is the fund launchpool labs is their incubator we're in their very first cohort. They've incubated other companies and other organizations for several years. And they actually have their own token that's on, you know, on the internet. And they're very successful. But the 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 one piece that stood out was they are doing crowdfunding for the companies in their incubator. And they they call it egalitarian investment, meaning, you know, everybody, anybody can become an investor if you use. You know blockchain, and so that got my attention when uh, I spoke with them. It turns out this wonderful woman Roxana Nasoy, was on their board, and I knew Roxana from another incubator that I had worked with uh, a few years ago. And she and I, she and I are like you and I, Megan. We just connected, mm-hmm. and and so as soon as I saw that she was on the board, and she saw that I was applying, it was like done. It was a done deal.
0: <laughs> you get up. those moments in life where you, where you just know. And it's clear. Yeah. Clarity is one of the most, it, it's such a gift. So it's like, yep, this is it. I've applied yeah. to many incubators and I'm going forward with this one. So
1: yeah. God bless yeah. it. It was a hundred percent. And Hello. when I found out what I was doing, turns out she was in charge of the incubator. <laughs> so she's made exactly. her for launch pool. And, and she watched me through everything they were doing Ah, uh, beginning to end, what they expect to do—that sort of thing—and she said, "Look, y- you know, the first cohort is a little risky because we have we haven't done this before." She said, "But, you know, I, I here's the plan," and it it completely made sense to me. And I would invite all of your listeners. By the way, they are taking applications right now. They're starting their next cohort in December. January and it's turned out to be a, a huge blessing for us. You get marketing support, you get social media support, you get monetary support, you get all these things that an incubator is supposed to provide. They're really, brilliant. and they've got experts on their panels, and they have they've already connected us with so many organizations that are going to help uh, propel Mega Fans, and and they become fans, right. They, they actually get involved with with the product itself and yeah think, yeah which is great
0: isn't that i mean the i don't know if you've noticed but the support in this industry is off the chain i use the word chain because you like blockchain yeah blockchain <laughs> bringing it all back together <laughs> you know The fact that we're, we all work together and and you sure do, you know, praise the, the, the people and it's so neat. Like as you're climbing, don't, don't break any, don't break any bridges because it is full circle. And that story is chilling. I would love to talk to them because we're always looking at better ways And new ways and enhanced ways for we we attract about half of our maybe a little under half of our membership is entrepreneurial like yourself. Okay. And we'll make it and are making it, you know. So we're always, you know, I would love to meet her and see if there's some synergy.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm glad you brought up that this that the our community, right? Our industry supports each other. This because again, going back, this reminds me of how fantasy sports was back at the beginning. Everybody was helping everybody.
0: That's right.
1: It's like a cottage industry begins maturing. Yes, cottage industry. It's look, all boats rise with the tide. Right, it's an old saying, but true. And and I feel that in this industry as well. I you know I I'm having conversations daily with with people. You know, pinging me on on LinkedIn uh, much of the time, and just with questions, right? Like one-off questions and that turns into a conversation, but there's so many people that are curious about it, interested in it, trying to learn about it, that want to become involved, but don't know how or where. And sure. believe me, I promote the eSports Trade Association yeah. like all the time. I mean, I-,
0: I Oh my I, God, I should just share my journey. I had more people, you know, five years ago say, you have to do this, Meg, you guys have to. And then over the last five years, because I think, I think we're in year six now, Literally, I can't tell you how many people said, we don't need this. And I was like, for after a minute, Jeff, I was thinking, do we not, you know, does an industry ever not need a trade association? And, and the answer is no, (laughs) right? Everybody. Right. But it, for a minute there, I, you know, it was a slow build. It was like, you know, so I'm not surprised how long your mega fans took at all. We're still in the first inning.
1: Totally. This industry, I was at a an NFT conference. No, but I am going to the one in Miami in the end of November. Okay. DeFi, I think. No, th- this was an online one. It was hosted by Jason Kel- Calcace, right? The okay. Famous- San Francisco As one of the people that, that he works with was uh, co-hosting it with him anyway. And, and they were talking about gaming and they were talking about NFTs and gaming and this natural fit of where it's going and that sort of thing. And everybody, and, and these were, there were probably 12 different large Silicon Valley investment groups represented there. Everybody said, oh, esports, first inning. Esports, yeah. it's the sh- beginning. The race hasn't even started yet everybody in that industry that we're talking about the investment industry now they were all saying the same thing oh yeah and so you know it was interesting and and, and there's going to be a natural tie-in between nfts and and esports right so esports typically it's it's competitive sports but there's usually a reward or a prize or something at the end right and, and these nfts are a natural natural fit for that you know they People have been trading virtual goods in gaming since, I hate to date myself here, but the late 1990s. Right. (laughs) When when it was, and it was mostly started in Asia at first, Korea and Japan actually, when people were trading, you know, swords and potions and things from RPG games and role-playing games and that sort of thing. So there's a natural affinity. You go in and play a casual game or a kingdom building game or a tower defense game or anything like that on a mobile device, there's gems and gold and things, you know, virtual currencies, virtual things that value. NFTs are the same thing, right? So so there's this natural fit. So I'm at this NFT conference and they're all talking about the gaming industry. I found that very interesting
0: for us. That's great. And this has been a nice introduction to people that don't, no. And, and there's so much to learn too about blockchain and NFT and I think there's so much that we need to have you on the show more regularly.
1: <laughs> there's, there's a lot to talk about.
0: There is a lot to talk about.
1: There I'll, is a lot. I'll to be talk. honest, I'm constantly studying it because it moves so quickly. Talk about it. does. It fast. And and we're working we're on, we're basically on parallel tracks with each other. The gaming industry and the blockchain industry, Definitely. they they are converging right now that we're running parallel, but they, they are converging and I think it's going to accelerate what we're both doing extensively. So, and, and it's against it's glo- global reach. That's the other a beauty of that is that industry and our industry can reach every corner of the planet. The next 500 million people that come online for the first time, Over 90% of them, their first experience is going to be on a mobile device because they're not laying landlines anymore. They're building cell phone towers. Right. For mobile devices. And, And so, you know, our next cohort of players are going to be in the middle of Africa and South America and places in Southeast Asia that haven't been touched yet or, you know these remote places of the world that we now consider out of reach are going to be within reach within the next three to five years.
0: Yes, it's it's very exciting. It's very very exciting times. So as we're as we're close as we're closing in on here, what's your parting advice for the esports trade association fans that will be watching?
1: Ah, uh, that that's a good question. You know, I, I said it earlier. Follow your passion. I love what you do so that, you know, when, when you have to get up every day or you have to face challenges, you you want to. So, you know, make sure you you pick an area that you want to learn about, you want to grow in. And as long as you do that, I think anything is possible. And and stick to it. There's remember the old saying, stick to itness. <laughs>
0: the old term. Ew.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you you might get knocked down while you're trying to to build something or figure this out. But just get up and brush yourself off and keep going. You know, don't worry about the naysayers. This market is happening. And and again, we're in the first inning. I think we're in the middle of the first inning. Like I think it's the next at bat for the next team. And I think we're going to see explosive growth in the esports industry. I think, you know, the Esports Trade Association is pinnacle uh, for this. And, and you know what it takes to build, you know, an organization like this. You've done it multiple times before. So it, it takes time, but but it's coming. It's coming. So be prepared. Do as much research as you can. Help people, you know, in, in the industry participate. And, uh, and you'll get back, you know, tenfold for that. So, so that's my advice.
0: Well, that's really good advice. Thank you for being on the show, Jeff Donnelly. i it's so um awesome to have you as a duel.' <laughs> I, I, you're, I don't know what to, I should call people that have been members of two of my organizations that i've <laughs> that I've led, you know, it's like, Wow. (laughs) I'm going to have to think of that because we should do, we should just some sort of a a double badge because it's so fun. It's so fun to to recross, you know, good luck with mega fans and your team and all, and congratulations on all your success. And I couldn't agree more. My coach always says, be prepared when success comes because it's coming. So don't get ready, be ready. Yeah, And for that, I'm your host, Megan Van Petten. Thank you for joining us today on Esports Connected. And thank you again, Jeff. Thank you. It's really baby. been a pleasure.
1: It was great talking to you. Thank you.
0: Too.